What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Diamond Talk number four. We are now one month in of Diamond Talk. Dylan Kearns joins me. Aaron Mukes, what is going on, Dylan? How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I am. I am. I'm very excited. We're here on our uh, summer break. We get one week at, at Full Sail University. I'm excited to be on that, and I'm excited to talk baseball. Look, man, we, we this this has been a journey. We talk about it already. We're getting up to the All Star break. We're we got the trade deadline coming up. So many good things coming coming and going in baseball. But today we are going to start with some breaking news right out of the gate. Uh, there was a big trade today, and uh, why don't why don't you break it down? What happened today? And you called it, or so you say. You talked about what was needed to happen. Uh, what what happened today that was so big in Major League Baseball? Yeah, there's a big trade, and uh, the Blue Jays ended up sending their first baseman Rowdy Telez to the Milwaukee Brewers uh, for pitchers Trevor Richards and Bowden Francis. Now. This trade uh, has has a lot of ramifications. Now, I mentioned you mentioned this is the first uh, the one month anniversary. If you went back to our inaugural episode, I said the Brewers are legit. A lot of people laughed at me. They've been hot as of late, taking over that NL Central with a commanding ten game lead. And I said if they really want to be legit, a few years ago they had the offense, they didn't have the pitching, and they weren't aggressive to get the pitching. I said they needed to address first base. Kesson Hira was bad for them so far. They, he started to come up now, but they made the move for that first baseman. I think that this is a game-changing move, and he's still young enough with control to where he could be the first baseman of the future. Uh, first baseman, maybe. I don't know about the position. I mean, obviously, they put him at first because he's a big guy. But let's be honest, Telez is there to hit. And in that ballpark, with his power, he definitely can bring something to the, to the Brewers that they've been needing because of Keston Hura's kind of inconsistent play. Uh, but something else happened, which with another team we talked about uh, pretty much all throughout the first four episodes. You were high on them to start the season. And now here we are. And there is another injury for the White Sox. Yasmani Grindal out four to six weeks. He tore something in his knee. The, the meaning behind this, again, it's the White Sox, the top of their division, playing well, and another injury derails him. I don't know how many more injuries this team can have that's, that they're going to be able to withstand, especially in the American League, when you're talking about teams that are starting to get a little bit better. I know we talked about the Twins playing bad. I know we talked about uh, perhaps the, the Yankees making a run. Maybe Boston's con continuing to stay where they're at. And then you have the Blue Jays right there. Um, Tampa's still kind of hanging around. Uh, what, what impact does this have? I mean, he's one of the best catchers in baseball um, and, and with a great bat. What, what does this do for the White Sox? Is this just another setback that they're going to be able to overcome? They cannot overcome an injury to Yasmani Grandal. Now, I understand the division they're in. It's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty advantageous to them. Uh, the Indians are playing some pretty bad baseball, struggling a bit right now, but they do get one of their pitchers, Zach Plesak, back. Now, you look at the catchers on the active roster, Zach Collins and someone called up today named C.B. Zavala. So uh, I'm not too confident in either wait, of wait, them. Wait, why'd you, why'd you say it with that little accent? Like, were you trying to... Like, I, I'm just saying, yeah. like, do you think that he's, he, he could do anything? Well, wait, no. wait, you just, you're saying it like his name actually has a determining factor of whether he can play <laughs> baseball. I, I don't, I'm not sure where the, where you say it like that doesn't mean the guy can't play. 
Well, the thing is, is he's not like a big time name or like some top prospect. He's he's a he's an organizational catcher. Now they did come out and say that they're looking uh, to outside of the organization for help at that position. But one thing that comes to mind here now, Grandall is one of the best catchers, especially in the American League. And the thing with him is last year they ended up having James McCann, who got big money to go play for the Mets. And McCann was Giolito's personal catcher. Giolito's having a little bit of a down year this year. And I know that's sort of off topic here, but the catcher position with the way that their rotation has been this year with guys like Carlos Rodon stepping up, uh, Lance Lynn, a lot of these pitchers really pitching well, an injury to a catcher could really affect that going forward. So they need to find a way to address that position, hopefully with a veteran. But I'm starting to get a little bit nervous with the injuries here to the Southsiders. Catcher is definitely huge for for the starting rotation, and especially for a guy that's no longer allowed to use uh, sticky substances like um, Lucas Giolito. But oh. we, we 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 won't we won't get into that talk right now. We we won't get into that talk right now. Um, we are going to go straight in. It's time to bring the heat. Got some cheese, bud. Got some big stinky cheese. Another segment of Bringing the Heat brought to you by Made by Milani. Be sure to go check out the Facebook page, Made by Milani. Go get you some merch, some T-shirts. We got decals. Support the Rough Cut Sportscast and Diamond Talk because this is how we can put on more shows. You like, you know, we talk about it all the time. Pigskins and pancakes and Rough Cut Wednesdays and Fun and Games Friday and being able to see Vinny and AJ's beautiful faces. I mean, not as beautiful as ours, but I mean, we want to see them as well. So be sure to continue to support the show and go and get made by Milani merch here at the rough cut sports cast. What we're talking about today, and this has been, this is something that I want to get real. I want to get right into it. All-star selections every year. There's always people left off the list year after year after year. My number one problem with Major League Baseball is why in the hell does every team get to have an all-star? This is why we have guys left off the all-star team every year. The Detroit Tigers are terrible, okay? If they don't have anybody that deserves to be on the all-star team, then there shouldn't be anybody on the all-star team. The Twins, these teams that aren't good, like can we just – leave them off? Why, why is it Major League Baseball feels the need to have all-star selections from each and every team? That is my first, like, I'm pissed about this because as we get into this segment and who we're talking about was snubbed, guys like that should be on the team in place of maybe some other guys. Uh, why? why? Why does Major League Baseball do this? They do it because they, I guess they want everyone to feel included. And I know the roster is big enough to where you can do that. I mean, it, baseball is different than any other sport. Now there's 30 teams in major league baseball. If you put one all-star on a team, uh, one from each team, that's about 30 players, right? One from or for each side. So 15 on each side. Now it's a 25 man roster. I know you get the bullpen, you get everyone else on that team, but I, I feel like they just do it to include it. And I'm with you. I think that that rule is stupid. I mean, you're looking at guys that make the all-star game right now, and I was really upset. And then I then I realized realized that he was the only selection on the team for the uh, Texas Rangers. Joey Gallo's making the all-star game, and he leads the league in strikeouts. Now, he might be able to hit the ball 500 feet, but that should not mean that he can make the all-star game. 
first of all, you're wrong. It's not like different than any other sport. Football has 22 starters right, right. and a ton of players, and they don't care if you're if you're not good, you're not making it. And that's that's just it's Major League Baseball is just wrong again. Uh, but let's get into it. Let's talk about these guys that were snubbed, and um, we'll go we'll go back and forth. I'll let you get yours, and I'll throw in mine. So where are we starting with you? Who was the who was your first All Star snub? I talked about this team a lot. I talked about them earlier today in the open. I'm going to the Milwaukee Brewers, and it's Freddie Peralta. Freddie Peralta. We mentioned their three-team, three-player rotation where they have legit pitching atop the list. Peralta's seven and three with a two-three-three earned run average this season. And last year he was in the bullpen, so he found a way to make an adjustment. Has a weird delivery, kind of has like a leg kick. And uh, something a little bit crazy there. But Freddie Peralta, he's someone that has really stepped up this season. A 223 ERA this year. You have to be kidding me. How does that not make the all-star team? Uh, I, I want to know why. I think I think Peralta's kind of in a situation where he's a he's at the mercy of the team he plays for. He's the third starter on that team. And trying to dig that deep to find uh, an all-star usually they're not looking to a third guy on a roster and the NL pitching staff is ridiculous. I, I mean, I don't know if you've looked, but the NL it, pitching this year well, is I've super looked. deep, especially at the starting position. Um, but I agree. Peralta's had an amazing uh, start to this season and he definitely can be considered on, on that um, snub list. My first guy, my first guy is not as well known. He's out here on the West coast. It's Chris Bassett. And similar to what you talked about with the numbers, Chris Bassett has a, he has a 210 opponent's batting average. Guys aren't hitting against him. Now his earn run average is a 3.04, and that does rank about sixth in the American League. But we're talking about a staff that's going to have six, seven, eight pitchers and an A's team that for a long time was atop the AL West until the Astros came on. In 17 starts, he has, he's second most in wins in the American League. He's got a 25.2 K rate and his walk rate is very low at 6.2. He's in sec again, he's second in wins. I think Chris Bassett is a guy that's been underrated. He's underperformed a little bit throughout his career, but I think this year to start the season, his having that a staff um, looking really good. And I think he should have made it. He's a ground ball pitcher and he does a lot of things well. And I think that's what kind of goes unnoticed. You want to look at the guys that really just blow it by you and have that added velocity that can just strike you out on any given day. But Bassett just, he's good at what he does. He's sort of like a Kyle Hendricks in the American league, but still finds a way to miss bats when he needs to. I mean, he, he's a legit guy and he's been, he's put up some solid, solid numbers throughout his career that are just like a, a good pitcher. As simple as that. He's a good pitcher. And, uh, He's done. He's done a great job this year. He should have made the team. I like that. I like that line. He's good at what he does. Kind of like the Rough Cut Sportscast. We're we're good at what <laughs> we do, and so we continue to do that and bring it to the fans. Who do you got for number two? Number two, I'm actually very passionate about this. Whit Merrifield. Whit Merrifield, second baseman of the Kansas City Royals. Now this guy just he, he performs. He performs, and it, it, it makes me sad because he's he's a credit to playing baseball at the wrong generation, at the wrong time. I mean, he, he has an approach. He's hitting 283 this season, eight home runs, and he's driven in 45 runs. And he's got 23 stolen bases to add to that. So he's getting it done both offensively and he's running the base as well. And he's just, he's a five-tool player and no one's even given him a look of an eye because he doesn't have the power numbers. He doesn't have the, he doesn't strike out. He puts the ball in play. He runs the bases. He plays defense. He's made one all-star in his career and every single year, all six of them that he's been in the league, he hasn't hit under 282. 
I mean, this guy is the most underrated player in baseball, and it makes me absolutely sick that you could put anybody else on that all-star team and not take a good long look at Whit Merrifield. I mean, preach. Uh, I've been saying this for a few years now. Whit Merrifield is the most underrated player in baseball. The guy can do it all, and his I think it's his stature. I think it's one of those small guys that, again, he doesn't hit for a lot of home runs, and in the generation that we're living in, they want guys who hit the ball out of the park. And uh, for him, it's unfortunate, but I, I hope that baseball fans start to pay attention to him because this guy can do it all. Like you said, five-tool player, and in a game where we don't see a lot of running, he still runs the bases. He's he's one of the steals leaders every year. Um, that's my kind of player. So uh, that's a great selection there. And even if uh, you're teaching, se- real quick, even if you're teaching like young kids today on how to play the game of baseball – Look at Whit Merrifield. That's what you want. You want the approach of not striking out, putting the ball in play, using speed. That's what you need to do. Not necessarily go up there and live and die by the long ball because that's that could be what's wrong with the game of baseball right now. Not could be. That is what's wrong with the game of baseball. Right, the approach. Um, number two, and this is a guy that I think we're both, I think you're on the same train I am. Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer is has been one of the elite pitchers in baseball for years and years and years. And we look at the all-star roster and we expect to see him every year. And here we are. And he's not there this year. He has, he's averaging 12 strikeouts per nine innings. It's one of the tops in the league every year. He's had a 2.10 ERA right now, which is the lowest of his career. And and he's 37 years old. This guy continues to just bring it year after year. Um, Again, I think he's a subject to the national league having such depth in the pitching position, but Max Scherzer deserves to be an all-star. I don't I don't know if it's the if it's the changing of the colored eyes where he's got one green, <laughs> one hazel, one blue, whatever it is. But the man can pitch uh, year after year. Like I said, the two point one zero ERA is the lowest of his career. Yep. If you think about that, the man's 37 years old and he continues to get the job done. Um, there's not too much to be said about Max Scherzer other than he's great and he deserves to be there. I 100 percent agree with you. And I, I, t- I talked to my buddy before the season started and I said, this is the year Max Scherzer falls off. He's getting to, he's getting older, but by golly, he's found a way to pitch. I mean, this guy's got a you, you mentioned the sparkling ERA, lowest of his career at 210. He's had an ERA under 1.83 since April ended. So he's been dominant in May, June, July. And that's what you're looking at when you're looking at all-star games. I mean, Kyle Schwarber made an all-star game for his May, June, July. Why aren't you doing the same to Max Scherzer? And uh he could have been eight straight. MLB All-Star Games. Eight straight. You don't see that very often, especially from a starting pitcher. But the MLB screwed up on this one for not putting him in the All-Star Game because he's been phenomenal. Obviously, 2020, no All-Star, but I think everybody gets a pass on that for making it consecutive years with an All-Star Game. Max Scherzer should have been right in line and possibly even considered to start the game. Agreed. Agreed. All right, Dylan, round us out. Who's your last snub of this year's All-Star lineups? It's someone that doesn't get a lot of credit, and that's Yuli Gurriel. Yuli Gurriel has has a batting average of 322 this year. He puts the ball in play, 10 home runs, 53 runs batted in. Now, I I don't necessarily look at power numbers that much when it comes to uh, production and when when it comes to putting the ball in play, but Gurriel, I mean, 322 average. That's huge. Uh, Every single time that he hits, he hits the baseball, and his his RBI total. That's that's what's massive. Hitting with runners in scoring position. Can you drive in runs in big situations? And nowadays you see players, and I know I do not want to bash him at all because he's such a great player to what's going on with the game of baseball. But you look at Shohei Otani a little bit. 
He's got 31 home runs, but he only has about 66 RBIs. So he is driving home runs out of the ballpark. But granted, the Angels can't get on base for him. But it's a different it's a different approach to what Gurriel's doing. He's still driving in runs, even without the long ball. Yuli, the Astros go as, honestly, Yuli Gurriel goes. When he hits well, that lineup is just tough to beat. So um, I, I, I agree. He definitely should have been there. I don't know who you take off. And that's, that's always the big question is, who do you take off in order to put a guy there? And my last guy, um, one of Vinny's favorites, um, he, he kind of, he didn't like him when he first came over, and that's Edwin Diaz of now my New York Mets. That's right. Edwin Diaz is, has been lights out this year. 17 of 18 in saves. The, the man, I mean, I don't know if you see a slider. His slider is so nasty. Opponents are hitting 198 against him. He's got a 2.84 ERA and a 33 strikeout rate. His walk rate is what's really important here. The walk rate has been an issue for him in the past and is down from about 12% to about 8%, and he hasn't given up a home run yet. He's been lights out in that Mets bullpen. Edwin Diaz, former Seattle Mariner, is my last one. I think, I think he should have been the all-star game, but again, I think he was the subject of the National League just having such stout pitching. Um, Dylan. Do do we have somewhere where the fans can kind of follow us, interact with us and 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 see what we're doing with the Rough Cut Sportscast and Diamond Talk and all these great things we got going on? I think we do. You can check us out on Twitter at Rough Cut underscore sports. You can also check us out on Facebook at Rough Cut Sports and on Instagram at the Rough Cut Sportscast. Also head over to YouTube, Rough Cut Sportscast, type it in there. And you know what else you can do over there, Aaron? You can click subscribe. You click subscribe, and you can also click a notification button that sends it right to your computer, tablet, iPhone, whatever you're watching on. And you can find out when we're live, which is Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Jesus, four days now, headed up to five, maybe six. Maybe we get to seven. No, we need a day off sometime. Uh, be sure to hit the subscribe. We're, we're going to try to make this transition to YouTube. So follow us. Subscribe. All right. It is time for the seventh inning stretch, Dylan, and there is no place I want to start other than with the man himself. You brought him up a minute ago, Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani, the first guy to ever be selected to an all-star game at both pitcher and hitter. I mean, this this is unheard of. I, I don't know what we're gonna, I don't know what we're gonna see in the all-star game with him. But you think he's actually going to make an impact in this game? This guy is doing things that we never thought we would see in Major League Baseball again. Guys that can actually hit and pitch at the same time. This is kind of a throwback style player. And what he's doing is absolutely crazy. 277 average. He's got 31 home runs. Not only that, he has 12 stolen bases. So he's on pace for over 20. He leads the league in slugging and win home runs. What can't this man do? It's yet to be seen because, I mean, we haven't seen anything that this man can't do yet. And he, he runs the, he runs the bases well, too. It's not just his stealing bases, but he's good at, like, base running IQ. And everything that he does is just is great. So he's going to participate in the home run derby. He's going to hit bombs there. And the next day he's going to pitch his inning, maybe an immaculate inning, and hit a home run in the All-Star game. And we'll be talking about him even more on this show as it's been earned because this dude is an absolute monster, and he's changing the game. And right now – I think even if you put Mike Trout back on that Angels roster, we're not talking about him as much as we are Shohei Otani. Oh, stop it. 
I'm serious. I, I, I do it. think I do think Mike Trout's disrespected in the game because he's got the Absolutely. personality of a Campbell's soup can. But he's been he's been phenomenal because I mean that guy. Don't I, disrespect the greatness of Mike Trout. I love I will Mike not Trout. Have that he's my favorite player. Program. Favorite player okay. in all of baseball. But I, I think you got to respect Otani just just a tad right now. All right. So you mentioned you mentioned the home run derby, which Otani is in. Um, let's talk about some of the other participants. We have. Uh, Pete Alonzo, Trey Mancini, Trevor Story, which is the hometown guy, Salvador Perez, and now recently added today, Matt Olson. What do you think of this lineup? There, I mean, guys like guys like Vlad and, and Fernando Tatis Jr., who people wanted to see, Aaron Judge, and they they decided not to do it. They declined the offer. What what do you make of this this home run derby lineup? And uh, we'll talk about predictions in a minute. But what do you think of this lineup? I think it's nice, but I'd like to see a little bit more. I'd like to see just a little bit more uh, from from some other like superstars. You trying to grow the game? What what better way to do it than in Coors Field in Colorado? Why not try to put your power up against the rest of the league and really hit some bombs there with the high altitude and try to drive it out? And I think uh, Vlad Jr. is still a little bit sore and tired from 2019 and his massive swing off against Pete Alonso. But uh, I mean. It, it should be so much fun to watch the home run derby. It's my favorite time of the year or not favorite time of the year, but I love it. I enjoy it. I love Chris Berman back, back, back and uh, all the, all the good riddance that goes into it. So uh, I'm excited for the home run derby. And I think, I think there's a, a pretty solid lineup. I'm, I, I'm happy that Salvador Perez is participating. Uh, first of all, don't want to see a catcher in the home run derby. Don't care about Salvador Perez, but whoa, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Nope. Nope. Leave it there. I, <laughs> leave That's it slander. Leave it. Yes, it is slander. I don't want to see a catcher in the home run derby. It's just my opinion. I, I don't like to. Can I we like agree to, that Salvador Perez is a phenomenal you. player. Absolutely, absolutely. Good. I just Good. don't want to see a catcher in the home run derby. And I think part of the reason why Vlad and Tatis and those guys aren't doing the home run derby is because we have seen a number of guys come back from the home run derby and it either messes up their swing or they're now fatigued as we get into the second half of the season. I do think there's something. To, to do with that because when you try to hit bombs in the home run derby it's different than your normal swing so i think that could be an issue but i want your prediction who do you have in the all-star game first of all american league or national and then who do you have winning the home run derby the national league pitching depth is insane we talked about it earlier and i think this is the year that the national league wins and i know that it's been lopsided over the last decade or so with the american league always winning and i know that it doesn't play into the uh, deciding factor home field advantage in the world series anymore but i think the national league is going to win it this year strictly based off of the pitching staff that they've assembled i concur national league takes it this year i think the pitching is too good um we talk about in the playoffs when playoff time comes, when you got guys on the mound that throw like the Grom, uh, <laughs> you just, he's unhittable and, and they're so deep. We talk about guys like Max Scherzer being left off the list. Uh, there is no, there's, there's no reason why he shouldn't be there except for the fact that the national league pitching has been so great. So I expect the national league um, to win this one. And I'll go first with the, with the home run derby. I'm calling it right now. Back to back. Pete Alonzo wins it again. When you look at this list of guys, I don't think anybody there can keep up with them. I don't think Otani wants none of this problem. I think Pete Alonzo is built for a competition like this. The dude is massive with massive power. Pete Alonzo goes back to back. I think now we, we still got to see there's two spots to be filled, but if we're picking right now, I, I'm leaning Trevor story. 
Honestly, you, you go, you go to Colorado. Come on. Trevor Story has had streaks throughout his career where he has hit absolute moonshots. He's hit a ball over 500 feet in that ballpark, and he knows how to hit it in the altitude. I think that he's going to put up a great fight, but I am nervous. I'll say that I am nervous. You talk about messing up your swing. Here's a guy who's about to be a free agent at season's end. I don't want to see him get a big offensive slump in the second half. Maybe if he's dealt the deadline to somewhere, uh, maybe, maybe you could see him potentially lose out on some money. So hopefully he can find a way to just crush him out of the ballpark and we'll see what can happen. I can't believe you said Trevor's story. Um, on that note, let's get into the main event. Let's get into the main event. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. And this main event is brought to you by Yeti. Go out and get all of your Yeti. We, we haven't got ours yet still. I'm still waiting. Um, I would love to pick up the Rough Cut Sportscast logo. Put a Rough Cut Sportscast logo on your Yeti. Again, for all of all, it's summertime. People are camping, hitting the beach. Go and get yourself a Yeti. They got Yeti coolers and Yeti cups and all kinds of Yeti merchandise. So make sure you go out and get yours. Dylan. The NL least, I mean East, has been a topic of conversation. At the beginning of the year, it was one of those, hey, the NL East is probably one of the better divisions in baseball. And what we've seen now is the subpar performance. I'm going to let you talk about why the NL East is so bad, and then I'm going to tell you why there's one particular team that isn't so bad that we need to keep our eyes out for. Where are you at with this? I think you're going Mets, and don't worry. I I know I got the Mets and the Brewers matched up the NLCS. I said that last week. But the NL East has been an absolute disappointment. That's the best word for it because going into the season, we all knew, okay, this is going to be a legit, legit division. Now, it was Padres, Dodgers in the West. It was whoever wins the Central, and it was the wild card teams, whoever's playing the Padres or the Dodgers is going to be in the NL East, whether that's the Braves, the Phillies, the Nationals with their pitching staff. But it has been an absolute disappointment in the NL East. I mean, you're looking at this Mets team, and, and they've been battling some injuries this year. When the pitchers are, are are healthy, the hitters are hurt. When the hitters are healthy, the pitchers are hurt. And they can't find a way to put it together, which in the second half, I believe they will. They're fourth in team ERA, so they've, they've done a great job there sticking together. So the Mets, I think, are the best out of the bunch. But I do have some things on these other teams that have really been, uh, really been upsetting. The Mets are, to me, easily the best of the bunch. I think, I think what people looked at was the run that the Braves had in the, in the quote unquote 2020 bubble or when there was no fans, and they anticipated them being right back at the top. I think they over, I think they overevaluated the team's pitching. We see we 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 see the Nationals. They're kind of up and down. Juan Soto hasn't been what he was in the past. He hasn't lived up to the name like the Fernando Tatis and the. Um, oh. And the Vlad girl, he hasn't been hitting the same way. And, and then you get a, and then you get a team like the Mets with Degrom, and then you have um, Stroman, and then Taiwan Walker, who's been pitching really well. And then one of their issues had been the bullpen. And then you get an Edwin Diaz, who's now pitching lights out. I, I just think this team is primed to make a run in the second half and open this thing up. We just saw them in the Subway Series against the the daunting Yankees that everybody thought was going to do something. They took two or three. They made Garrett Cole look silly. And we've seen what he's done since the whole pitching can't have foreign substances on your hand. He's He's been atrocious lately, and he made the all-star team. With Stroman, 
DeGrom, Tywan Walker, and you got Pete Alonzo in the middle of that lineup. Dominic Smith's been hitting well. And then you got Francisco Lindor, who started the season really slow and has just picked it up month after month. I think the Mets are about to make a huge run and run away with this division. I don't think the Braves are that good. I don't think the Nationals are that good. And the Phillies, I don't know. They got Bryce Harper, and he seems to underperform and underachieve wherever he's at. So um, Mets all the way. I, I, I don't see anything else. I don't see who can catch them as their roster is currently constructed. You made about six points there. I think I agree with two of them. Now, the things that you said, I, I agree <laughs> with the Yankees' take. They're, they're hideous. And you say the Mets' bullpen is good. Outside of Edwin Diaz, I mean, Trevor May signed there. He's been a bit of a disappointment. Yuri's Familia, Mets fans are sick of him. He was in the closing role a few years ago. Whoa, 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 good. Wait. Let me interrupt you. I Ken didn't Cam say the Mets bullpen was you good. You said the Mets I bullpen said, was good. I said to, with a guy to... like Edwin Diaz okay, okay. at the end of the bullpen, it definitely it, they can get they can be better. But when you got a closer like that, and you got Degrom who can go seven or eight innings, and you got a Stroman that can go deep into games, well, Stroman Stroman's not there right now. He's hurt. So oh, that's man. we got got to find a way to put them together. Like I said, I believe in the Mets as do you because of the. Reasons that you mentioned, but I, 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 I think that thing you're saying the Braves were a overrated. One-year. Oh come on! Now this They're year, overrated. this year they the pitching staff is terrible. Explain to me. you have the pitching to be staff is terrible. Me. Where's where did Max Fried go? What happened to Soroka? Like Soroka's these guys hurt. Down the stretch last year, Max Fried is having a bad year this year. Now I agree, the Braves are not good this year, and they're not going anywhere. I agree Overrated. on that point. But last year, to say that was a fluke, did you see what they did in 18? Did you see what they did in 17? They're winning ball games. Right now, they don't what? have a center fielder. I mean, they look, got look one guy. They oh, got one guy. His really? name is Acuna. They're really? overrated. What about Freddie Freeman? What about Ozzy Albies, who has been off to the best start, a fifth best start in Major League Baseball history for best so second I... baseman at the age where he's at with 13 wins above replacement? Let, let me tell you about Ozzy Albies. Go check his numbers in the second half of seasons. He always declines. He always comes out hot. And in the second half of the year, he always declines. Freddie Freeman. Okay, I forgot Freddie Freeman. He's great. You got Freddie Freeman. You got Ronald Acuna. The pitching's been lackluster. You got one guy in Ian Anderson that you might be able to rely on. Freed's been bad. They don't have anything. They have high. Charlie, Morton Charlie Morton's been up and down. But I'm not ready to say that he, he's the reason why. But the, the, the Braves rotation has been good the last few years. They found a way to get through it. Mike Soroka's a big piece of that puzzle. You and he's been out with the Achilles. You keep bringing yeah, up. We're not talking I said 2020. I don't them in right now. You said they're a one-year team. We're talking 2021. Right. They didn't go any further than they went last year. In 18 or 19, they didn't go any further than that. So last year is what we're basing on. They went to the NLCS. This year, they're not sniffing the NLCS. They are an overrated team. Oh, if you think, okay, they're going to be back next year, and they're going to slap you right in the face with more power than you can expect. But anyway, (laughs) let's get into more of these uh, NL NL East uh, uh, disappointments. Now, the team I want to talk about is the Washington Nationals. You you see the the rotation. It has been absolutely piss poor uh, to start the season. They had John Lester, ERA over four and a half. Uh, uh, Steven Strasburg. Strasburg's hurt. Big surprise there. It's not like he's ever stayed healthy for a full season. So uh, Max Scherzer's been phenomenal. They've gotten some production out of Eric Fetty. But you mentioned Juan Soto. He's been down a bit this year. Don't even think that he's not going to be a superstar in this league for years to come. He's just having a bad stretch. Victor Robles has been disappointing. Schwarber and Turner 
have been the entire offense. And on cue there, Vinny Milani in the green room. Uh, Kyle Schwarber has been on cue. Opposite field power. He has been an absolute beast. But outside of that, they trade for Josh Bell. Josh Bell's had one good half of baseball in his whole career, and he's been absolute dog crap this year. Starlin Castro's washed. There's been no catcher production on this team, and that's about it. Their bullpen's about middle of the pack, and I, I'm I'm honestly disappointed in the Nationals because I thought with their rotation they'd find a way to put up a fight, but they can't even do it. it, it Patrick Corbin's been bad too. That's one person I left off. Again, they have a ton of names on that roster. When you listed all those names, Starlin Castro and Schwarber and Patrick Corbin and Strasburg and Scherzer, Victor Robles and Soto, like, yeah, those are guys. We know those names, but they've all underperformed. I mean, not all. They, most of them have underperformed, which is why they're at where they're at. This in, in baseball, you have 162 games, and you get guys that start hot, the Kyle Schwarbers. And then what happens in the second half of the season – they start to go downhill, and you get the guys like the Juan Sotos that start to step up and have to carry your roster. If Juan Soto is not hitting, the Nationals don't have a chance because that's who's supposed to be their Fernando Tatis. That's supposed to be their Vlad Guerrero Jr., and they're not getting that. And then when, you're, when you have Strasburg, who is hurt year after year after year, all you can rely on is a Max Scherzer, and then you need Juan Soto to be consistent. If those things aren't happening – then you're not, you're not going to be there in the end. And that's what I what it really boils down to. I think the talent is there for the Nationals. And they did go on a run similar to, if you look this year, they're on a similar pace to the run that they made when they won the World Series. Right, right. They started behind, and then all of a sudden they got hot. And Strasburg was lights out, and Scherzer was lights out, and they started hitting. Um, Trey Turner's obviously phenomenal. I, I do think that's the team I would watch. I don't think that the Braves are there. We I already talked about you that. You talk about the Phil the the Phillies are the Phillies, but I tell you right now, the one team I would watch is the Nationals. The Nationals are probably the team that's going to finish second. I don't think anybody else really has what it takes. I think the Philadelphia Phillies finish second. Now the Phillies are the definition of mediocrity. You're all over the place. Are you going to pick the Braves, the Phillies? Who no, do you I, want? I said I don't You're believe in the Braves the this season. I said I don't believe in the Braves this season. But final point on the Nationals before we wrap this up. If, if Victor Robles wants to show up to the ballpark sometime this year, that'd be nice because that guy, I mean, you could put a tree up there and they have a better batting average and on base percentage than, than Victor Robles sitting there at 226 without a home run this season. So, I mean, we mentioned the names on this team and the Mets, they also have names. Like they have names, but those names produce a little bit better than what the Nationals have done. I don't believe you mentioned that you think that they're going to be the team that finishes second and they're going to go on a little bit of a run. I don't believe that at all because you're, you're you're comparing them to the Brewers in the in a sense. The Brewers, you roast their offense, saying that they don't have any offense. But you look at the numbers for the Nationals; all they're carried by is Trey Turner and Kyle Schwarber, and of course, if you find a way to get Juan Soto hot. Um, I'm not going to get into the Brewers talk. Uh, I, I'm just not. We're not going. We're not. You like? I know you throw that in there because you like to take jabs and you want me to bring it up, but I'm not. Let's let's go. Let's bring up some comments. Let's see what people think. It, who in the NL East? Who in the people in the chat? Who in the NL East is the closest to catching the Mets? Or maybe somebody's better than the Mets. Who do we have? I said it was the Phillies. Met, Mets need a better back in rotation. Stroman is not consistent. Stroman is not consistent. Stroman to me is one of the most consistent pitchers in baseball ah. because you know what you're going to get. You know, no. He, everybody wants to make him this great starter. He's not. But you know what you're going to get with Stroman. He's going to throw six or seven innings. He's going to give up three or four earned runs. You know what you, you know what you're going to get with Marcus I, Stroman. I disagree. And that's important. That's important. 
The reason I disagree on that is is Marcus Stroman at the end of the season is consistent if you look at his numbers because he's he's always in that same area. But game to game, he's not consistent. He's like a Tyler Lockett if you compare him to the NFL. He'll have a big, big week with over 150 yards, and then he'll whiz down his leg and get 26 yards the next week. So he's a similar guy to where you get you get some sort of production off and on, but at the end of the season, the numbers look pretty solid. Yeah, because he's a solid pitcher. I mean, he's not right, a one. Right. He's not you, a two. He's you probably do know what a three. You're going to get in a sense, but yeah. you're going to you know he's what you're going to get. Probably a three, which is where he should be. He should be slotted for the Mets, but Cindergard's always hurt. Um, a- AJ, what the AJ Johnson? He pulls uh, producer up. Producer AJ comments. wants to know what's wrong with catchers in the home run derby. Well, the fact that most catchers hit barely 20 home runs a year—that's what's wrong with them. Um, well, nobody Salve's cares about the, nobody cares about the catcher position in baseball from a hitting standpoint. There's only about two or three good hitters that play catcher, and uh, the rest is you know it is what it is. Defense. Um, so so coming up, let, let let's talk about what we got coming up for Diamond Talk, Dylan. If there's any more comments, concerns about Home Run Derby, who you got winning, all-star snubs, go ahead and shoot them in the chat. Coming up later this month, we are going to be doing a, a mid-season preview. So we're going to kind of, or review, we're going to review all the teams, not all the teams, but we're going to go through the league and we're going to talk about some of the teams and where we see them from where they're at now and how they're going to kind of project forward. We're going to find out are people, are people for real? Are these teams that are atop the divisions for real? Are these teams that are maybe making these runs now towards the all-star break? Is there going to be a Nationals run from a couple of years ago um, that we mentioned when, when they went to the World Series? So we're going to have a review uh, a review of the midseason and then kind of see what happens as we close out. You know, baseball is 162 games, Dylan, and it's really hard for baseball players to maintain status throughout, right? We don't see guys that hit 300 every month of the season. It's just it's hard to do. Professional hitters go through slumps. And usually the second half of the season separates those really good teams from those teams that are like teetering on average and you start to see some separation. So we're going to talk about some of those teams and uh, who we see um, going forward as we move towards the postseason late summer. Yeah, I'm excited to get into that. And the team that I think is the Phillies, uh, I'll tease that just a little <laughs> bit now. And I mean, not necessarily, I, I obviously haven't dug deep into that, but the reason I think the Phillies finished second, I mentioned a couple times on here in that NL lease that we've been saying, is their pitching has been pretty solid in the rotation. The, the bullpen is ranked 25th uh, in team ERA, with team bullpen ERA in that situation. But they're pitching. I mean, they got Aaron Nola. They got Zach Wheeler, who did make the all-star team with a 2-5 ERA, former Met, wishing they can have him back right now to help out that rotation. But he's pitching for a division rival. And the Phillies, I mean, they're just they're just mediocrity. That's what they are. They're mediocre. So you got Harper. You got Hoskins, who hits home runs, but he hits 220. And, I mean, that's about that's about that's what you're going to get. You know what you're going to get with the Phillies every time they step on the field. We also got trade deadline coming up at the end of the month. So we will have a trade deadline show where I'm sure there will be a lot of movement. I know Dylan has already teased some guys he thinks is going places. So we will find out what happens there and be sure to tune in tomorrow to the rough cut sports cast live watch party. That's right. AJ's Tampa Bay lightning looking to close it out. And the Canadians are trying to hang on. So we're going to be watching game seven live, or not game seven, sorry, game five live. Um, so be sure to tune in there. And then also we got our shows for Thursday and Friday. So be sure. And it is a fan show. Oh, there's a fan show. I'm being told by Vinny right now in my producer ear. Hold on. Producer ear. I'm being told uh, fan show. Uh, that's going to be great. So all the fans join us, get your takes, come in, shoot the shit with us. Have a good time. Um, be sure to tune in. I think there's a special start time for that tomorrow as well. Eight Eastern. 
five Pacific. So make sure you tune in for that. Um, Dylan, any, any final parting words? No, I don't have any parting words. Okay. Well, that's great. Let's <laughs> tell them we're all, I'm going to, I'm going to do the last social read because I haven't done this in a while. I'm going to tell us or tell them where they can find us. Head over to Twitter at roughcut underscore sports, Facebook at roughcut sports or Instagram at the rough cut sports cast. Be sure to head over to YouTube where we are trying to transition. It's rough cut sports cast on YouTube. Click the likes, click the subscribe, click the bell, get the notifications turned on. You might as well tell everybody because if you don't, AJ's coming to get you. So tell everybody for Dylan Kearns and Aaron Mukes. Thank you for watching another episode of Diamond Talk. Until next week, peace out. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here.